percent. Oh my God. <laughs> K R Z L E. Yeah. <laughs> Charles. Yeah. The, the synopsis just isn't good. This former independent ranch foreman. Butterfly kisses. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Oh, this is my favorite part of the show. Welcome to What Was That Called Again? I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And this is a movie game show where I select three movies and read their IMDb plot descriptions to Will, who then has to try to match the plot description with the correct title. And then afterwards, he tries to guess uh, the ranking of the three movies based on their IMDb star rating. Um, How are you feeling tonight? Uh, I'm good. Uh, This is a new year for us. Is this the first time Mm -hmm. we've recorded in this new year? Um, maybe. I think so. Yeah, I think it is. Um, so happy, it is. happy twenty twenty five. We're in the future. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm good. Uh, let's see here. Twenty twenty three. I had um, back pain issues. I had a cold. Um, and twenty twenty four. We're starting off with um, the intense excitement of possible computer chair breaking mid recording. So. We'll keep you updated. If you hear a loud thud, listeners, uh, that's me falling on the floor. So, <laughs> yeah, everything, all pretty much all technical issues and anything that's going wrong is pretty much all on Will's side of yes. things oh, every and, time. And I found out that like if I move my microphone just right, all of a sudden this deep, abysmal hum starts happening. So I also have to replace a um, a cable eventually. So yeah, so this is starting off great. I'm feeling good. I'm just wanting to. Um, I think. Uh, reset the score chart for 2024 uh you know come in strong now of course the listeners have have heard us uh so far in this wonderful new year um but for us as we record i want to start off this new new year strong so i I hope i can that's my that's my wish i have a uh a very alcoholic beverage and i'm ready to go yes absolutely um I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, I think we'll have an interesting one here tonight. And so we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how it ends up for you. All right. Um, And then if you are ready, uh, we can go ahead and dive right in. Hit me. All righty. The first one for us recording in 2024. You're going to kick off. Oh, wait, 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 wait. All right. Pause. I I almost forgot. We almost forgot. This is incredibly important. We have to update our listeners on our imdb saga with uh beguiled bejeweled bedazzled what was the movie? every single week you can't remember the name <laughs> of it begotten begotten that's what it is begotten yes so uh, uh as listeners might know we uh we tried to uh, change the synopsis for begotten for one that we created that had nothing at all to do with the actual movie begotten um how has that worked thomas um i have checked it periodically every few days over the past every week since pretty much since i've submitted it and to this day uh which is uh we're recording this what on uh january 14th Mm -hmm. 2024 um imdb refuses refuses to post our uh synopsis that we I i need everyone to write their congressman and demand yes. that I am to be changed this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So They're just cowards for cowards. some reason, and we don't, 
if maybe a listener can chime in, email us. We have an email address. Um, let us know, is there a secret to changing IMDb synopsis? Are they really that um, uh, stringent about what they allow? Yeah. I mean, which is great. I'm not, I'm not knocking them if they are actually checking this stuff. But we, I, we submitted it. We got twice. I've uh, submitted it twice now. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you mm-hmm. resubmitted, and both times, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You got an email that said uh, something along the lines of like, "We will contact you within a certain amount of days." It is. Uh, yeah, it's not an email. It's just uh, after you submit it. Oh right. It right. takes you to a screen that says, uh, "You, sh- we, Thank you, for you should hear something in the yeah. next one to ten days." Something right. Like that. And you've not heard even anything as far as like denied. No. So. So we don't know if we're hitting a roadblock somewhere or if there's just, if they just see the attempt and they're like, no, this ain't happening. Um, yeah. We got to uh, dive deeper on this because we, we, I would still like to go back and I can't remember off the top of my head what movie it was we were supposed to add the quotes to um, from last week or two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I'd have to go back as well. Exactly. What was that called again? <laughs> so, but um, again, not that I want to like mess with the IMDb system but i think it'd just be fun to hide little easter eggs even if temporary or even just get a flat out uh stop doing this please from them would be great (laughs) any kind of something to let us know that daddy imdb is watching um so yeah yeah unfortunately uh begotten we can't uh change it to the carl saga um that we would like to charles charles not carl charles that's right sorry my bad sorry to remember the the character's name that we created i knew it was (laughs) k-r-z-o-e that's true um yeah like like you said if anybody listening knows anything or if you have submitted an imdb plot synopsis or trivia or anything if you've submitted something to imdb and you have heard something from them either confirming they're posting it or denying your submission Send us an email and let us know uh, how it went and what you did. Uh, what is the email address again? WWTCAPod at ProtonMail.com. There you go. All right. So now yeah, I just wanted to get that. Um, so now we will no longer update Begotten Saga unless yeah. something amazing happens. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, we haven't heard anything, not even a denial. So I just wanted to let mm-hmm. everyone know that we hadn't forgot about that. Okay. All all four listeners, <laughs> we have we're keeping you in the loop That's right. as much as we can. We see you out there. Okay, <laughs> now now I'm ready to get into the show proper. Okay. And we are going to kick off our recording session in the year 2024 with a film that comes from the year 1992. Ooh. Best year and, ever. And your IMDb synopsis reads as follows. When a simple jewelry heist goes horribly wrong, the surviving criminals begin to suspect that one of them is a police informant. Oh, man. I know. Okay, listen. I We're going to have merch eventually, I'm sure. And and, and one of the merchandise things are just, is just going to be, that sounds familiar. I know it's going to be that. But that really does sound familiar. I feel like, I feel like I've seen this recently. <sighs> yeah. Man. Say that again for me. 1992. Yep. When a simple jewelry heist goes horribly wrong, the surviving criminals begin to suspect that surviving. one of them Ooh. is a police informant. Surviving criminals, so horribly wrong. Okay, 1992, when a simple jewelry heist goes horribly wrong, the surviving criminals begins to, uh, uh, one of the surviving criminals begins to suspect, no, just the surviving criminals begins to suspect yeah. that one of them is a police informant. 
Correct. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Next one, please. Okay. Your second one from today is also going to come from the year 1992. Oh my gosh. Double header. Correct. I like you separate. (laughs) (laughs) Your uh, IMDb plot description for this one reads as follows. A uniformed police officer is recruited by the DEA to infiltrate a drug smuggling ring looking to expand its operation. Hmm. That also sounds familiar. It doesn't feel familiar. It just sounds familiar. Um, 1992. Yep. Um, a police officer. What was it again? DEA undercover. A uniformed police officer is recruited by the DEA to infiltrate a drug smuggling ring looking to expand its operation. Is there such thing as an ununiformed officer? Yes. Okay. Just wanted I just wanted just wanted to ask. Thank you for that information. <laughs> I'm glad you're on top of this. Yeah. Just confidently answer yes or no. And just, that's that's just, all I'll do. And I'll just take it. I'll just take whatever you say. <laughs> yes. Okay. So specifically a uniformed officer. Yeah. Um, is is not uh, casual he's he's not no he's not undercover (laughs) and he's not uh he's not off duty he's still in uniform um he's asked by the dea to become a uh drug informant sorry i I forgot everything after you said uh uh, uniformed yeah (laughs) he is he's recruited by the dea to infiltrate a drug smuggling ring looking to expand its operation okay he's recruited by the dea to infiltrate a drug ring looking to expand it's operation 1992 Correct. uniformed officer okay next all righty with that your third of the three movies tonight is going to come from the year 1987 and the synopsis from imdb reads as follows an undercover cop infiltrates a gang of thieves who plan to rob a jewelry store oh my gosh this could be like the first movie <laughs> All right, sorry. Say this one all over again. Even the year, because I wasn't even listening to that. Yeah. It's from the year 1987. 87, okay. Yep. And it is, an undercover cop infiltrates a gang of thieves who plan to rob a jewelry store. 87, undercover cop, gang of thieves who are robbing. He he plans to infiltrate? An undercover cop infiltrates a gang of thieves. Infiltrates yep. a gang of thieves who plan to rob a jewelry store. Okay. Correct. I sense a theme. A small theme. Okay. Yeah. Um, 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, a simple jewelry heist goes horribly wrong. And the surviving members, criminals, uh, begin yes. to suspect that one of them is an undercover officer. Correct. The other 1992 film was a uniformed police officer is recruited by the DEA to Mm -hmm. infiltrate a drug ring who is planning on expanding. Correct. And then 1987? Yes. um, An undercover police officer infiltrates a gang who plans a jewelry heist. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if these aren't the same in my mind. 
All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for the title. So just bend me over and make me cry. <laughs> okay. okay. Go ahead, bud. All righty. Your first title is going to be Deep Cover. Oh, fuck off. Okay. Deep Cover. <laughs> yeah. All right. But it's not the uniformed officer one. Watch it be that one. Okay. So Deep Cover. So, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So the jewelry, the simple jewelry heist that goes horribly wrong in which the surviving criminals suspect one of the members to be an undercover officer it does not necessarily mean that one of the criminals is an undercover officer. Okay. Yep. That's just a suspicion. That's just, yeah. Whereas the other two definitely deal with infiltration and undercover operations. So I have to narrow it down between the DEA one or just the undercover officer one. Mm, okay. What's the next title? All righty. Your next title Deep is going to be... Deep cover. Okay. Yeah. Your second title is going to be Reservoir Dogs. Hmm. Doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> <laughs> mm, That's... I, I want to say sidebar really fast. One of the things I was most excited for with this one is to pick Reservoir Dogs, which... If I recall correctly, you had said you've you've seen pretty well all of the movie. You've just never sat down and watched it beginning yeah, to end. Exactly, in one I've seen probably like eighty percent of the movie yes. in pieces, but never and have so, sat down and like watched it the whole thing. I thought it would be so funny personally to be able to pick Reservoir Dogs and you not know which one it is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, uh, you're you're welcome. I guess I'm pretty sure I know which which one of this pieces is i think I, I, okay. I narrowed it down already by saying that um uh one of the you know that just because the criminals think one of them is a cop doesn't necessarily mean that one of them is i'm mm -hmm. going to just float that idea because i don't think there's a dea aspect to uh reservoir dogs um and i'm pretty sure oh man see this is just me doubting myself now um from what I've seen of the clips over the years, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's not like an initial part of it where it's about someone being undercover. Is there? Maybe there is. Mm, okay. Give me the third title and that'll okay. resolve that. Reservoir Your... Dogs. I have to try to remember that one. Reservoir Dogs. Okay. <laughs> Got it. It's very difficult. Yeah. Like this obscure movie. Um, your third title is going to be City on Fire. See, I've heard that too. City on Fire. Oh, man. Um, Deep Cover was the first one. Yes. Reservoir Dogs was the second title. And City on Fire was the third one. Oh, okay. So Reservoir Dogs, I'm pretty confident, is the first synopsis you gave me. 1992, um, simple uh, jewelry heist gone wrong uh surviving members think that one of them is uh an undercover police officer because i don't think reservoir dogs is 87 i'm pretty sure it's not that seems way too early um so i'm gonna go ahead and just say that but now okay. deep cover and city on fire I've heard of City on Fire, but I don't think I've ever seen it. And then Deep Cover, just it's such a kind of 
generic sounding title that it, I don't think I've ever seen that or heard of it. Um, deep cover. Okay. So I'm left with the other 1992 film, which is the, hold on. It was the one that was the, <laughs> it was the, it was, I got it. It's coming. It's right here. It was the DEA one. It was the uniformed yeah. police officer. There it is. The uniformed mm-hmm. police officer is recruited by the DEA to infiltrate a uh, drug ring that plans on expanding. Yes. Um, deep. Is it city on fire? Deep cover. I bet that's city on fire. I bet that's city on fire because that sounds like a, it sounds like it'd be a 92 title for some reason. And then deep cover just sounds like late eighties. Let's slap it on a VHS and put it in blockbuster um, type title. You know, you're walking through the aisles. I don't want to have to, market any more than just you see the cover and I know what this movie is going to be about so let me rent it type thing right so deep cover I think is the 1987 undercover police officer infiltrates a gang who plans a jewelry heist oh man I'm not super confident with that because I don't I'm, I know I've heard City on Fire before I'm, I'm pretty much sticking uh Reservoir Dogs, I think I have locked in, and I think I think uh, you did me a kindness by giving me that. Now, if I'm wrong on that, Jesus Christ, let's cancel me forever. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the last episode. Like, watch that happen, and then like we just never hear this show again because I'm wrong. <laughs> that's that's how much confidence I have in myself. Um, yeah. I'm pretty, uh, it's not really, see, like in previous episodes, in my head, there's always a battle. There's like an intellectual argument that I keep having where I go back and forth. I flip flop just because there's like a little bit of doubt um, that causes me to kind of second guess or whatever, triple guess, quadruple guess, whatever. But in this case, I really don't have anything that makes me want to flip City on Fire and deep cover i could just be wrong on those but nothing makes me feel like they're the opposite of what i'm saying so i i don't want to say it's like confidence i just think it's like lack of doubt (laughs) if if that makes sense so i'm going to go ahead and lock in all three the first one being reservoir dogs 1992 a simple jewelry heist gone wrong. Um, the surviving criminals begin to suspect that one of them is an undercover police officer. The other 1992 film is City on Fire, where a, a uniformed police officer is recruited by the DEA to infiltrate a drug ring that is uh, looking to expand. And Deep Cover is 1987. Um, an under, undercover police officer infiltrates a gang who plans a jewelry heist. Did I, please, just all I want to know is that I got Reservoir Dogs right, and then I'm just going to be okay with being <laughs> wrong elsewhere. 
Well, I can neither confirm nor deny that, but you did get one of the three correct. Oh, God. <laughs> please, please, just let me switch the two. Uh, okay, so I'm, stu- I'm sticking with Reservoir Dogs. Oh, my God. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. That's what I am. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. <laughs> okay, I'm doing it. I'm sticking with it. I don't care. I'm sticking with it. Okay. So that means that City on Fire is actually the... City on Fire sounds really familiar. And I know I know you're going to tell me that it's probably like Criterion or something like that. Or it has like a, a, an actor who is... This is like his first movie and then all of a sudden he came like really big or whatever. One um, of these is in the Criterion collection. Yeah, I wonder which one. Um, so I'm going to say that um, Deep Cover is the 1992 film where a uniformed officer is recruited by DEA, infiltrate, drugs, expansion, that one. And then City on Fire then is the 87 movie. Um, oh, please help me. <laughs> I'm locking that in. That's what it is. <laughs> and I'm going to go cock the gun. <laughs> Just the visual of you like hunched over your uh, desk right now with like your hand on your my forehead head, just my, like my hand oh, is on my head on my forehead like like rubbing a hole through my brain <laughs> i'm on edge because at any moment my chair could break and i could fall to the floor and this yep. is a high chair by the way so i'm like up i'm up pretty tall right now so there's also like that constant fear it's almost uh, i've never been in a dunk tank but that's what this probably feels like. We're like, I feel like as soon as you tell me that I got Reservoir Dogs wrong, my chair's going to break. <laughs> so please just throw the ball. Just, just let's get this over with. Okay. After making the those two switches, you officially have three out of three. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so you did get Reservoir Dogs. You I can th- rest I, easy. Yeah, I was pretty sure that it was 1992. Um Okay, so th- so um, I, I want to hear some in- info on these. Um, I really want to hear some info on City on Fire because I, I, I thought it was a '92 movie for some reason. I felt like I felt like it was, but again, like nothing was shouting out at me to like switch those when I initially said the wrong, the wrong ones. Okay, yeah. So, um, I don't have a ton of info as far as trivia, but that's fine. So, City on Fire from 1987 is from director Ringo Lam. It is a Hong Kong kind of action uh, crime thriller type of movie. Right. um, Starring Chow Yun-Fat. Never heard of him. Um, Right. (laughs) He's a nobody. Uh, He kind of disappeared right after this movie. Um, It is... uh, It shouldn't be known for it because it is a very good movie on its own, but it is best known for being very clearly inspiration for reservoir dogs uh it is like the same essential plot pretty much maybe that's i think where i've heard of this is you've talked you've talked about this before yes i have um there are even exact whether he admits it or not there are exact shots from the movie that are in reservoir dogs um yeah city on fire is very very good it is not streaming anywhere that I could find in America. There's not really a physical release for it. Um, it, I didn't double check it, but I know in the past it had been uploaded on YouTube and that was how I had watched it previously in the past and with English subtitles on it. Um, 
very good movie. I don't know why it doesn't have an American release, really. Uh, from 1992, Deep Cover is directed by Bill Duke, and uh, it stars Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, wow. And okay. it is... It's uh, a cast. The one piece of trivia that I have for you off the top of my head for Deep Cover is that it is the final film where Lawrence Fishburne is credited as Larry Fishburne. Oh, Larry. Oh, Larry yeah. Fishburne. <laughs> it is a very good movie. Uh, Jeff Goldblum plays a bad guy, and it is wonderful seeing him kind of out of character a little bit. It's that is interesting. Yeah, I was wondering. Like a fucked up, like coked out <laughs> villain. It's fantastic. So Jeff Goldblum. Okay, just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then... Um, Finally, not really anything to say. Reservoir Dogs, 1992. Is it good? First movie. first movie from Quentin Tarantino. It is one of my personal, probably top five all-time favorite movies ever made. Uh, nothing that can really be said about it that hasn't been said about it already. Nice. Yeah, that was... So, So a uh, little behind the scenes, um, Thomas has, has been uh, wary about including or potentially including... Uh, films that he knows that I am uh, uh, at least aware of because he's always afraid that he's going to say something and then I'm going to like instantly know it or whatever and I've told him week after week dude like you can just say any synopsis and I'm probably still not going to get it because that's just how my brain works so I'm glad that you that you took that advice and you actually did it because I really I mean once you said the title it was obvious but you reading the synopsis, I was just like, man, that sounds familiar. But I really did. I was not thinking Reservoir Dogs until you said Reservoir Dogs. Some, yeah, behind the scenes on my end is I picked these and the order that I was going to read them to you was totally dependent on how you reacted. Because <laughs> I, I knew I wanted to start with Reservoir Dogs. And if I read that synopsis and if it clicked in your head somehow and you were like, hmm, this kind of sounds like Reservoir Dogs. If you would have said that, I would have done City on Fire next, which is the exact same synopsis right, pretty right. much. And I was I was so excited to hear your reaction if you <laughs> did say that. And then to hear the next one, it's the same thing. Um, but since you did not react in that way, I went ahead and did deep cover second. So I, well, I made a gap in between them. And I mean, okay, so like clearly like Reservoir Dogs and City on Fire have like a, a lot in common, right? Um, not to say that like they're exactly the same film, but they have a lot in common. But that just goes to show that like these synopsis synopsi can be worded in ways that they do sound like other films. And especially because again, these are IMDB synopsis, so they might just be written by somebody who just, you know, barely watched the movie uh, or doesn't, you know, convey what they did see very well to words. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so again, yeah, you, you know, I don't know if the order would have really even have, have mattered in that point because, yeah, they are very similar, but I don't know if, if it, I don't know if even if I was more familiar with Reservoir Dogs, if even I would have like said that right out the gate just because that would have been way too confident on my end <laughs> that early. And I, and I know how that could have bit me in the butt, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but that that was good. That that was. I'm glad that you uh, that you chose something just to fuck with me. Um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, so now I have to. Uh, we we have two more processes here, two more games. Yes. We have to do the uh, the IMDb rating, mm-hmm. and then also you have a quote from one of these that I have to match with the movie. Why, yes, Will, I sure do. Oh, good. Which one should we do first, Thomas? Uh, <laughs> we'll do the uh, IMDb rankings first and get that over with. Um, I will say that this is the first time out They're of any tied. of the episodes we've done. Two of them are tied. Oh, God. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, man. Um I mean, do I just go with the obvious and say City on Fire and Reservoir Dogs are tied? Um, or did Reservoir Dogs have a different rating because it's the more seen American version? <sighs> like maybe, maybe Deep Cover is just like the outlier where it just, it's a really good movie. Um, Oh, this is tough. So wait, but you also didn't say if they're tied for first. So it could be two movies that are tied oh. for second. Could be. Um. Okay. Okay. So let's go with just based on. I'm. Go, this is well. This is really just blind stupidity is what it's based on. But I'm going to say it's based on um, the fact that more people have seen Quentin Tarantino's films that it's his first film um and it 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 was a home run we'll say for some controversial one might say so yeah (laughs) controversial statement i know um and and again i'm going to say that fewer people have seen um city on fire and it's a foreign film and they maybe have seen it after reservoir dogs just because reservoir dogs uh, uh, shown a light on this film in, in a way, and maybe they're going to compare it to Reservoir Dogs. So, I'm going to say Reservoir Dogs is number one, and then City on Fire and un- a Deep Cover are tied for second. All right, and then it doesn't really matter, but just for funds, did you want to guess on a? Oh, like like the the range? Yeah. Okay. So I, I mean. So let's say is Reservoir Dogs in in the eight territory, eight point two, and then we'll say that City on Fire and Deep Cover are like seven seven. I think this is a tight grouping. Man, you're usually pretty good at guessing the ranges on these. Usually, um, yeah, not really. Reservoir Dogs does sit with an eight point three. Oh, I was so close. Yes, and uh, Deep Cover and City on Fire both at the time of recording have a 7.0. Mm, okay. Yes. That's actually lower lower than I... I didn't think that City on Fire would be that low. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. low. Seven's good, but I just yeah. you know, as far as like the gap between it and Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Yeah, I, uh, I did want to do a quick mini, mini uh, sidebar really fast about Reservoir Dogs and City on Fire because one thing Tarantino gets a lot of shit for from people. I think I've seen a lot of people say that he is unoriginal in quotation marks. Like he he borrows a lot or steals a lot from other stuff. Right. And this one is kind of one of the most, maybe one of the most damning examples because there's literally 
shot like exact <laughs> shots angles like everything from uh city on fire that are in reservoir dogs but uh i did want to just make a really quick statement that what is fantastic is while he may very obviously borrow a lot of things from other movies he still is like the best at using them in a way that makes them very much his own um where whereas the plot you read the plot for his reservoir dogs and city on fire and they sound pretty much identical Mm -hmm. but they're very different movies because you have city on fire pretty much takes you through uh chow yun fat plays the uh police officer in that movie and you pretty much watch him like get the assignment and then go undercover plan the heist with the criminals go through the heist and then afterwards yes and then reservoir dogs you never see the heist it starts off after the heist has been complete and then everybody brings up i think somebody here is an undercover cop we don't know who it is and then halfway through the movie you find out who the undercover cop is well and so it's it's a completely different perspective it's definitely yeah a completely different version of the same kind of movie there's an argument, the whole discussion to be had, which I'm sure someone has done this, so we're not going to, mm-hmm. uh, about Tarantino and his originality and yep. uh, air quotes, stealing, borrowing, whatever, from other films. But let's also say that um, at the time, um, early 90s, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't as popular as it is now, or customary, I should say, as it is now, to make American versions of foreign films. Right, so like hmm. the the idea that uh, a wide audience would ever get to see an American release of City on Fire, especially in early nineteen you know nineteen nineties, was was very far chance like it wasn't going to happen. So I think the argument could be made that Quentin wasn't necessarily stealing just to. Uh, you know, uh, uh, make a, a movie easily. I think it was more like he's showing something to a, an American audience that they otherwise wouldn't get to see. Mm-hmm. So he's taking these, he's taking these angles, these, you know, these, uh, these framings, the scenes, things that might be shot for shot exact. I think he's just taking them and be like, Hey, look, you know, this is, you know, something that was already now could, should he maybe credit that? I don't know. That's that's up for debate. But I think that's maybe the mindset, right? He just he sure. he, he loved yeah. the movie so much that he's kind of either intentionally or unintentionally uh, paying sort of a respect to mm-hmm. it. Um, but then also, like you said, a different perspective. So I've always kind of had this idea to I, I've always wanted to go and and take like the MST3K, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 catalog. And because a lot, well, not a lot, all of those films are crap, right? (laughs) Safe to say that's why they're on the show. Um, And I've always wanted to take those movies that were crap and dissect them and figure out uh, either a different perspective or a different um, way to tell that same story. Now, I'm not trying to say that City on Fire is crap by any means. I'm just saying that like that is something that one can do is Mm -hmm. you can take a story regardless of quality um, and, or, and also regardless of originality, uh, you can take a story and be like, okay, like, can we tell this a different way or can we, you know, and I think, I think it's easy to say, 
oh, well, you're just copying. And I think people who say that don't understand the intense creative process that would still take place in the world of let's just take the story and look at it differently. <laughs> like you still mm-hmm. have to develop characters and dialogue and scene choices. You know, there's still a lot of work Things that, that Quentin's not good at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's not like you're going to remake Psycho shot for shot and then add, you know, uh, Vince Vaughn masturbating in the shower just to make it your own. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like we're not doing that. Um, there is a lot of work that went into, you know, something, even if you want to say, is a copy of a foreign mm-hmm. film. It, there's still a lot of creativity going on here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, people are going to argue e- either way. Yeah, and I think I think it's mostly just based on do you like Quentin Tarantino or not, right? Um, you know, and I'm not really a huge fan of the guy. I like his some of his work. You're a massive fan. You're a devotee, which hey, the I mean, well deserved. The guy's great at what he does, right? But I'm I'm also one of the people just like that. Eh, you know, I mean. I respect what he does, but I'm not going to like, you know, uh, you know, cancel all my plans to go see opening night of whatever he does next. Right. I'll wait to see it whenever it comes out. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm not here to like apologize for him either, but uh, I also know that like this stuff takes a lot of work. And even if you are heavily borrowing from other films, you still have to piece this thing together in a coherent story. That is still a talent. So mm-hmm. yeah, just to say that like again, you know, go watch the the remake of Psycho and then watch the bonus features where they literally say we had a TV on set when we were doing fr- <laughs> yeah, that is that is what you're uh, you know the art the people who are arguing against Quentin Tarantino, that's what they're saying Quentin's doing and he's not. Um yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah. that was that was our little sidebar. Yeah. Yes, um and then we'll move right along a seamless transition, yeah, if you will. No editing involved at all in that. <laughs> <laughs> directly, literally no editing. Um, we'll transition directly into our segment where I have taken the trouble to click on IMDb to one of these three movies that we just went over. I feel like these all need like these. Each of these segments need like their own little theme song. Maybe we'll get there at some point. <laughs> all right so no i have no editing at all i have gone to one of the three uh movies that we did in this episode that we covered and i have pulled a quote from the film's imdb page and i'm going to read will the quote in character in, in a, character. a character of my choosing it could, and it could be the will, character from the movie or not who knows you never know. Uh, I'm going to read this quote. Will's going to guess which movie the quote came from. And uh, the quote, which I have pulled from IMDb for this week. Quote time. Quote. The quote reads as follows. Quote. A man has two things in this world. His world and his balls. Oh, God. Okay. Was that three things? <laughs> was that three things? Sorry, I got you off there. I was thrown off yeah. guard. Um, okay, is this from a, from one of the few scenes that I have not seen from Reservoir Dogs? A that man is- has two things in this world, his world and his balls. Or is that three things? Or is that three things? End quote. Yes. Mm, man. Is that... Is that a coked out... 
Jeff Goldblum? Or is that Mr. Pink from Reservoir Dogs? Or is that one of the characters in City on Fire? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could be... It could be something that's like slightly mistranslated since you are reading an, an, an English version of this. Um, hey, do you know who Mr. Pink is? Which one is it? Is Which that actor? Shimmy? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I got that right. Um, okay. Um, don't ask me any other characters though. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could see Tarantino writing that. A man has two things in this world. What was it again? His balls and what else? <laughs> yeah. It's a man has two things in this world. His world and his balls. Or so they, is that three things? So they say world twice. That doesn't seem yes. very Tarantino-esque. I think Tarantino would have had better word choice there. So I'm going to get oh, rid of Reservoir. Yeah, I'm going to get rid of Reservoir Dogs right off the bat. Unless that's just a shitty line from Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> Which I don't know if there is any. So yeah, that's an idiot that said it. Uh, yeah, true. Ah, uh, man, that really. I'm not going to be surprised if this is Tarantino, but I'm going to go ahead and say this is um, this is deep cover. I'm locking it in. Okay. Okay. Well, man, you hit the nail on the head. Jeff Goldblum and deep cover says yeah, that line. That's, that, that felt like a coked out Jeff Goldblum, like, where he kind of like dies. Like, Wait, or is that three things? Yeah. Okay. That's what that felt like. Yes, that's great. Was that your Jeff Goldblum, by the way? <laughs> yes, that was my Jeff Goldblum. Because I was going to ask you if you could re-deliver just, that. In just me reading it like in my regular voice. Yeah. And you're slightly tired. uh old western guy voice <laughs> i'm trying to, i was trying to think of what a, a coked out jeff goldblum would sound like i don't even know if i can even do a jeff goldblum really i'm not good with, with impressions at all so i, I'm I gonna, can't i am not gonna try not to do jeff try. goldblum no nope. <laughs> i mean you just pretty much talk fastly right like quickly <laughs> i guess i mean but he has like that sound that you know that's jeff goldblum right away because mm-hmm. he kind of like he kind of does this thing where he he'll talk real fast and then he goes he gets to like this plateau where he'll like slow down and then he gets really fast again. And he's, you know, of course I'm not, I don't sound like him at all, but he has that cadence where he'll get really fast, you know? And then he'll like, he'll like peak <laughs> and then like free fall for a few seconds. Um, uh, okay. Uh, I don't know where we're going to go from this. Though. Yeah, I'm sitting in the car by myself, uh, talking to myself. <laughs> oh, wait, do that again. Do that again. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That was a good attempt, at least. <laughs> Do that again. I'm, I'm all right. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? You said something about sitting in a car talking to yourself? Yeah, that was Jurassic Park. Oh, that's right. Were, he does say they, that, yeah. Where everybody gets out to see the Triceratops or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and now I'm uh, sitting here by myself uh, talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first the first time was a little better than the second time. But I could hear I'm it. Sure. I, I got the gold bloom there. Um, yeah, he has like that, like really speedy. And then he, like I said, he like gets to a point where he just like, he just, his brain has to catch up, I guess. He has to like pause for a second and then he goes back into it. Um, okay. So, uh, for this week, um, we'll, we'll pay homage to the, uh, Tarantino way. <laughs> uh, first I want you to pick a movie <laughs> in which we should, um, respectfully pay homage to by recreating a scene um 
with a coked out Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> since, since since you do his voice so well, <laughs> so um, so let's uh, let's first pick. Our... Yeah, I'm really good. I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to put you on the spot there. <laughs> Your only line is going to be, I'm sitting in my car talking to myself. <laughs> that'll, that'll be the scene. <laughs> and now I'm sitting here by myself uh, talking to myself. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> listeners listeners, chime in if you think that was a decent... I'm not oh, saying it's yeah. a spinning image, but that was... I could see Jeff Goldblum saying that. Get flooded with emails any day now. Get a cease and desist from uh, Goldblum's yeah. uh, lawyer <laughs> yeah. for That'd impersonation. That'd be amazing. That'd be great. Yeah. Celebrity and voices impersonated. We'll just say that. <laughs> be safe. Okay. Okay. So um, first, we, we have to pick a film. Uh, what's a foreign film, or foreign even film. a um, uh, a lesser known film that you think needs either like a redo or an American version of? Like, what's one that's lacking um, a modern a modern redux or an American version i mean that's a hard question to ask because a lot of foreign films are good as they are if you were to if you were to be and this is your dream i know if you were to be (laughs) quentin tarantino what's one movie that you're like oh man this really needs to be remade and then we'll and then we'll come at it from a different perspective sometime last year i for the first time watched the directorial debut of clint eastwood his first movie play misty for me and I haven't seen this. I remember watching it, and when did this I, come out? Play seventy one is when Play Misty for Me came out. Um, I had watched Play Misty for Me last year for the first time. A four K came out for it, and I bought it. And um, so what's it about? It is about uh, Clint Eastwood is in the movie himself. Ooh. He's the star, and he plays a radio DJ. Okay, and he gets a he. Every single night that he is on the radio, he gets a phone call from this woman who asks him to play this song. Um, she always calls in and says, play Misty for me. And he plays the song for her okay. on the radio. And essentially, this woman begins stalking him. And uh, she kind of confronts him and they meet at a bar. He doesn't know who she is really at first. And they kind of hit it off and he sleeps with her. But he wasn't looking for anything serious, pretty much. So he sleeps with her, and then he's like, "Oh, That's okay, it. well," and yeah. kind of blows her off. And she is like a psycho, <laughs> and oh. she starts, and she is stalking him, and she starts terrorizing his life. And he has like a relationship with this woman, and this and this caller starts terrorizing them, and like attacks this woman. Holy shit! And it's it progresses and progresses to where she tries to kill him, essentially. Sort of like like almost like a a spiritual ancestor in a way to like misery yeah 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 kind of but kind of like that yeah in a way i can see that for sure okay so um so uh so jeff Goldblum. okay <laughs> so maybe jeff Goldblum doesn't involved in this. <laughs> but, but i was gonna ask you i was gonna ask you like what is what is the other perspective in the quentin tarantino way that we could we, we could look at the story of play misty and and make our own film so what if what if the story is that um, what if the story is uh, when this song was recorded? Like that's where the story, right? And uh, uh, this this woman who who in in uh, play in the story for Play Misty, 
becomes this uh, psychotic stalker type person. Um, she has to have some kind of like deep, deep connection to the recording. So maybe she was like, she, maybe she was like sat in on the record. Maybe she was um, like in the sound booth and like really in love with the with the sound engineer who, who, <laughs> you know, and like, I don't know, maybe she like, uh, her first sexual encounter ever was, was while they were, you know, it was just the two of them and, and play Misty, they were cutting it or remixing it or whatever. And it was like, you know, just on the background. Right. So really it has like nothing to do with, with, uh, with anything that she cares about. It just, it just kind of brings her back to that, that moment in her life. Right. Um, uh, but I think Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> should be, should what do you think of that song? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in a sound booth by myself, talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay. So, uh, so I think we have a little bit of of, of a seedling here. We just got to foster this a little bit more. So. So this is—is is he the sound engineer guy? I think he has to, like be, the right? producer of the of the track or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's like like the producer or like the sound engineer. Somebody who's like you know. Again, I don't think she has any um, actual, at least an hour version, because you don't you don't recall for Play Misty if she does. But an hour version, she doesn't have any actual like hard connection to the actual song. It's mm-hmm. more of that song takes her back to a time in her life, you know, that was perfect or whatever, right? And she just where keeps just, trying to go back to that. Where it's just her and Jeff. Her, her the, and Jeff. The mixing board. <laughs> and the tape, the reel-to-reel just going, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it was kind of just in the background. I think and, these guys are uh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell who you sound like. Like, there's a little bit of Jeff Goldman there. But then also, like, someone else. There's another actor. <laughs> like Robert Downey Jr. or something. Maybe. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, um, a young Jeff Goldblum. And uh, who plays who plays um, the lady? The younger version of, of the, the psycho woman. Um, we'll do uh, Jessica Harper from Suspiria. Okay. Oh, okay. I can, that's kind of, kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so our movie is about, is about this woman and something has to break in her. Right. And this is towards the end of the film or maybe like the midpoint, two thirds of the way through something has to break that makes this magical moment in the first act of, of our version kind of be like the anchor to her sanity. Okay. So what happens to her? Does does uh, sound producer Jeff Goldblum does he like OD on coke? Maybe I just want to get more coked out, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> well, we can make it <laughs> a little. It'll be a little bit less funny, but yeah, he's. Like, oh wait, this is hilarious. You're talking about okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ruin the comedy here. Go ahead. <laughs> So yeah, no, there's a lot of laughter going on. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he's if he uh how dark were you going to go? He well, 
yeah, if he's if he gets coked up or shoots heroin, whatever the fuck it is that he's doing or whatever, and he he does OD, but he like beats the shit out of her first. Mm. Okay. No, I I say that uh I say uh that he's abusive. Right? Like she falls for him and then because of that first encounter, she thought she, he really loved her, right? Like there was like some kind of deeper connection there. But really he's just like this, you know, playboy type person, right? He doesn't, you know. Uh so we find out that he's actually a jerk and an asshole. And I think that what snaps is that she knows he has a drug habit and he attacks her more violent one time, like one night. And she then causes him to OD. Mm. Like she's the one who does it, right? Because this, this kicks off her, uh, her, her ability to do harm to others, right? <clears throat> uh, as justification for, for ruining her, um, perfect life so i think i think yeah so i think like like you said it's some kind of a sexual assault happens some kind of violent attack happens as his way of just being him she's taken it multiple times over the course of this film but she stayed with it because he you know he kept promising her better future or whatever you know whoever sang the next song he was going to produce their album and she and you know, there was something that was good. Good was going to happen, but that fell through, which caused him to freak out, which caused him to beat her up again, and then she American was sweetheart like, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I would, I would love to see him be abusive, <laughs> yeah. right? Look at me in this room by myself, beating you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then so then she snaps. Um, and I think it'd be poetic, if not stupid, um, <laughs> that whenever, whenever she causes him to OD, like he, you know, in, injects or whatever, um, if suddenly on the radio plays this new hit by insert group here called Play Misty. So like every, like the song kind of bookends her... Uh, feeling on top, mm-hmm. right? So that's why we can fast forward to, or not fast forward, but you know, see this from the other perspective of her calling this uh, disc jockey and having him play the song all the time is because she keeps the, keeps bringing her back, basically, you mm-hmm. know. And then again, there's kind of a uh, falling in love t- sort of thing on her perspective, um, and he's just like, "Fuck it, I'll just," you know. And that again takes her back to that moment whenever. The last guy did this, and then she starts going, yeah, okay, I like that. It's dark, but I i mean, it's not necessarily it has to be funny, but I like it. Yeah. I like the idea of uh, Jeff Goldblum being abusive <laughs> on camera. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of against type. Yeah, I think it'd be fun um, to see him try to do that. There has to be a movie out there where he plays dark, right? I'm sure. I mean, he yeah, he's kind of dark and deep cover for sure, but he's not like, he definitely wasn't like hitting women. <laughs> but he's Anything still like also that. like Jeff Goldblum, right? Yeah. 
yeah, he's still very entertaining to watch, and it's not right. like you hate his character or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum play somebody that I end up hating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, wait, first, uh, before we go, what are we going to call our film? Play Gold... Oh. <laughs> play Goldblum. Play Gold. <laughs> um. I was going to say record, Misty, but... <laughs> But, uh, but I like play Goldblum because <laughs> people be like, "Wait, isn't that the guy? What does that have to do with any of this?" <laughs> play Goldblum. Yeah, sure. There it is. <laughs> All right. What was that called again? At first, I thought you were asking what what to call the episode, and I was thinking, "Play Goldblum for me." Oh no, that's what, that's <laughs> but, what we're going to call the episode now. <laughs> but you... <laughs> <coughs> so yeah, I was like, I hadn't heard what you were asking before. My brain was already ready to say what it was wanting to say. <laughs>